This week on Two Pals and a Pod, I'm joined by Ellis Platten from the Away Days channel to discuss the life of a YouTuber, overcoming his gambling addiction, and how he recently got scammed out of thousands of pounds. Hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome to Two Pals on a Pod. This episode, we have a very special guest. It is the one, the only, Ellis Platten. How are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. I love the, um, the intro there. Yeah. Oh, I feel honored. Well, you're a very special guest. You're only our second guest on the podcast because yep. no one else, no one else really is interested in chatting to me, which I'm surprised, to be honest. <laughs> it's always awkward when you get guests because you always ask people and you get the initial, it's not a no, but it's not a yes either. Because yeah. I, I get it as well. Like you kind of like when you ask again and you don't get a response and you kind of like, oh, should have yeah. just left it. It's one of them, isn't it? Where I've had it a number of times now with this podcast. You ask someone to come on and they'll be like, yeah. Yeah, well, we should do that. Yeah, and then eventually the second, the second like message where you go, oh, so what? When then? Then then they don't respond to that bit. <laughs> it's always it's a nightmare working with YouTubers. That's why I don't do it very often. But like, you are the second guest. Great to have you here. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I love the backdrop. Uh, big mm-hmm. leads. Leeds fan and I like it I like the the separation between them both it's a nice touch I've made an effort I've made an effort at least what I wanted to talk about in this podcast is a little bit about yourself introduce yourself to the people who for some reason don't know who you are my name is Ellis uh live in Norfolk beautiful uh this lovely lovely county I'm 24 which is really painful because I do not look 24 it's really annoying and Mm. I've really been getting to me the last few days I'm looking in the mirror like <laughs> Love Island is what does it because they they're like twenty and they look like old and then mm. there's me. It's a joke. Like it's actually unfair. I, um, I thought you were younger than me to be honest. You don't look twenty four. I thought you maybe like mm, twenty, maybe just like you know. Uh, yeah, even twenty is a stretch, isn't it? Let's be <laughs> honest. That's the problem. Right? Basically, I make I go to different football grounds and then I collect football shirts mm-hmm. for a living. I mean, it's, it's not a bad job, that is it? Going around collecting football shirts. I mean, you're essentially like a professional football fan in a way. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit mad, isn't it? How how do you start that? At what point do you go? I'm going to start going to games. Going to film myself. Let's go for it. So starting in sixth form in like 2014, first one, you know, some people have claimed on other podcasts that they were the first person to start vlogging, and they've lied. So I started trying to call away days with bloody me, and I sat there and I was like. They know it wasn't them as well. They know it was me. They haven't said it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, 2014 went to Lowestoft Town, big club. And then like, just because I love non-league football and I wanted to get experience on camera as like a rolling CV, really. I wanted to get like presenting jobs. And then like, it's ended up, this just became my job, I guess. Spiraled out of control of it, hasn't it? Yeah, because I wanted to be, I wanted to be a children's TV presenter. Did just, you? Because I looked really young then, I figured <laughs> that no one would take me seriously. And now I still look young. You, I, like, st- I still think there's there's hope for you. CBBC, you know, if you're watching, get in contact. Yeah, I, yeah originally the aim was CBBC because mm-hmm. I think CBBS have not got tolerance really for anyone under the age of five six. Why should like, you? Pain in the ass, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And I hate the oh, like that that tone of voice people use around them. Pathetic. Mm. Talk to them like like a bit like Mark Corrigan. Like mm-hmm. he wouldn't talk to his kid in that voice. And that's that's what I'm just. Prepare them for the, the reality of life. Talk down to them. Shout at them. You know? Who do you think you are? Hit your kids. Go on. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm just curious to know where it all started. And I guess you said you, it was in sixth form was, was when it first started for you. Did you, did, did people know that you'd started a channel? Was that like a, a known thing? And did people give you any stick for it or anything? Because I started my channel in like year eight. So I've yeah. been through school with mine. So at first I got stick in sixth form. Um, and these people would like because we had a weekly futsal tournament mm-hmm. and like you play and at the start like my ch- by the end of sixth form I think I had like three four thousand subscribers which by the like for football YouTube back in like 2016 that was that was big well not big but like big it was one of the bigger channels so by then I had respect but at the start we'd play this futsal tournament and people were like your videos are shit and like I got stuff thrown at me and like just ridiculed for it and like just basically told our shit are we allowed to swear sorry of course you can say whatever you want shout swear get your kit off literally do whatever <laughs> wow. you want. dogs abuse from these people and then by the end of six i remember i actually bumped into one of them um about a year or two ago and they were like trying to be my friend and everything i was like oh, i know God. i know your face that's, that's you made the worst embarrassed yeah. you know when you get that uh, the red feeling in your face and your stomach just drops had that whenever i'd see them like about a year those people are just trying to avoid because of that sort of awkwardness i mean i've had the same thing i'm nowhere near as as successful as your child obviously but even i've had that like even i've had that thing where it's like people who you know didn't um necessarily weren't necessarily the nicest to me when i was younger 
And then, you know, because Jack May gave me a shout out a couple of years back and, you know, it was, and it was like that kind of thing happened. And then you have people being like, oh, hi, Ed. How are yeah, you, exactly, how are you yeah. doing? Want to be like, friends? It's like we weren't friends to begin with. Like what? And you get to be so smug about it because you don't because you can't really be smug because then you, you like, but you can be smug in your brain. Mm. You know what I mean? Not outwardly smug, inwardly smug. <laughs> But it is one of those, isn't it, where it's, it's weird how that happens. And it's like not even off, it's not, sometimes not even just one person. Like you might have multiple people like doing that kind of thing. It's that sort of whole awkward thing of do I respond? Do I just leave the message unread? It's just it's a difficult situation to navigate. But I know like when I was at school, um, weirdly, like you said, like it did get to a point where there was a bit of respect there. Like there was yeah. a bit because I, I think I left school with maybe I don't know like eight thousand, ten thousand subscribers, something like that on my last channel, and uh, so there was a little bit of respect there because there was some other people making YouTube channels and they would have had like fifty subs, a hundred subs, that kind of thing. So that's how people view it. It's like oh, he's got subscribers. That's not that's all right then. You know, we'll sort we'll leave yeah. him alone. But I mean, I never really got any proper stick for it. I think like it was just sort of a little bit of banter that I could deal with. Luckily, so I wasn't wasn't too bad in that sense. But when you left Sick Form, did you? go to uni or do you go to college or anything or do you just go full-time into youtube so i was supposed to go to uni um and then i met jody so she ruined my life because i stopped going to mm -hmm. uni because of her no, i didn't because of her because i got a job i wanted to leave weirdly i wanted to leave uni to work in social media management but i got offered a social media management job before i went to uni so mm -hmm. it just made sense to take that so i just stayed in norfolk and did that remotely for about a year and uh, but by by the end of it i was very lazy and i just got let go and then weirdly i had like a presenting gig in but i still doing away days during all of this but not really trying anymore like i really didn't want to i just wanted to use youtube as a platform into a career then leave it mm -hmm. i was still like uploading because it was kind of like i had this thing i kind of could get brand deals for so i just kept doing it and then weirdly got like a presenting click like gig for a streaming casino company for like two months in latvia but like that, i did that it is from, out of the blue is that... i did it from home still right um that was mental, like really weird. You didn't fancy like, Latvia. Didn't fancy a move to Riga. Really? No. Oh no, I got I got sacked from that actually. <laughs> they genuinely sacked me because like the casino streaming space is weird. But like I think I got my foot out on stream on one of them, which is like being really like immature, like trying to be funny. How, um, how old were you at this point then? <laughs> uh like 19. 19, right. So you're yeah. 19, you're in your room at home, whatever, and you're doing like a live stream of like a casino thing to other people on Twitch or YouTube or something? Yeah, so you just stream playing slots, but it's like not much, because I don't gamble. Like I, I used to be a gambling addict, fun topic to move on to, but like I haven't gambled for like five, six years. So like right. back then I'd stopped for maybe a year, but like they hired me and like you just played with like their money. So like mm -hmm. but your real role was to entertain the audience really in the slots, because the audience are either recovering gambling addicts or gambling addicts. So like right. they use the streams as like their source of um, stopping gambling or to fuel their whatever. So you're, you're just there. Mm -hmm. um, but I just was not cut out. I was just too, too did not care. I, I don't, I could not pretend I cared basically. Did you find that that reinforced your gambling addiction or did you find that that was all right for you because it was their money? Yeah, exactly. So because it was their money, like, gambling by my definition is if i put my money on something mm -hmm. like as on the line but because it was their money and i was being paid a salary to do it like but if i if it suddenly got to the point where because i never was fussed with slots anyway like my gambling addiction was with um football mm -hmm. and like sports like i never would go onto a slot site and be like oh i need to keep betting on this because i don't really find them that fun i weirdly like watching people play them but like i don't know like playing them because i know how mentally stacked against the consumer they are whereas like with football in my mind it used to be like i would win like 90 percent of the bets i had but i just wouldn't withdraw so like right. i'd then just keep staking more and more of what i'd won till eventually it lost mm -hmm. yeah you can definitely you can def definitely get into those sort of cycles can't you i know that a lot of people it's quite a a big thing that they'll put 20 quid on at the week every weekend or something like that on a specific sport and I don't know how people, first of all, have the money, but I mean, I, I really feel bad of like, I, I want to hopefully, I, it'd be nice to encourage people to try and move away from that if they can or get seek help from that and that kind of thing, because there is obviously better ways to be spending your time and money if you can try and help people get off that. I mean, I think yeah. I've seen somewhere you speak about it before. I mean, do, do you want to, are you okay to speak about it here or? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, go away. Yeah, not go away. I mean, away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just curious to know a bit more about like the, um, your experience with like your your gambling addiction and that kind of thing so yeah weirdly not not me state this is hypothetical this bit is but 
hypothetically started doing it when I was 15 um, mm-hmm. through like pay- PayPal because there was no like security checks or anything, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then by the time I was 18 and I could be on every site, it was just like I used all the sign up bonuses and like because you make money from them, but that's how they get you right. Yeah. But it wasn't even like technically I was good at gambling because I'd win like 90% of the bets I did. Yeah, you won't be able to quit when you're up kind of thing. Yeah, I was I was awful at quitting when I was ahead. Right. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I always wanted to make more money. But then it got to the point like where it was just like I'd be up until like two or three in the morning betting on like games, and then it would be like, oh well, the A League in Australia starts at six AM. So mm-hmm. I'll wake up for that. And then like, it was just like watching football that was like but like I didn't ever bet on like match results really. I'd always bet on like corners, which is mental because like you see a keeper make a save and like he doesn't tip it around the post. And you're like, why have you saved it like that? And you just get really agitated over it. Or like someone goes to the corner to cross it and the defender doesn't block it. And you're like, mm-hmm. you've not done your job properly. And like, but yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's, it's mental. But. I imagine there's like a whole almost community of people online as well that all feeds into that as well. I imagine there's probably like loads of people who are all like giving their own sort of um, like you should bet on this, on this game, that kind of thing. Yeah. I imagine that probably doesn't help the situation as well when you become part of that community. Obviously, you're in the football space already at this point, so you've probably got some sort of network or community around that, and it all sort of, like, encourages it in a way as well, I bet. Yeah, exactly, and it's also, like, it gets to the point where, like you touched on earlier, like, some people can't go to the football without having a bet, and mm. they can't watch it, and I'm like, but then you're not enjoying the football. Like, fair enough if it's adding a bit more of an element to what you're doing and watching, but if you cannot physically watch a game of football that you haven't bet on, then you're no longer a football fan. You're just watching it to feed the addiction, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Like you hear people that like, they're like, oh, I only go to a match day so I can bet. Well, why don't you stay at home? Like you can still do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously it seems like you're you're out of that now, or at least yeah. man- managing that now. What was it that managed to get to you, you to that position that, you, that you're in now? I just, I remember there was what, I think the last bet I ever did was like, I don't know, because I stopped in like November or October. It was five and a half years ago now i think it, i want to say it's like an nfl preseason game but i don't think the timelines add up maybe that was like one of my other like last ever bets but like i'm pretty sure like it won but like i just like burst out into tears in my room by myself but it won mm-hmm. i was like well, why do i care that this one and i remember like closing down the account withdrawing the amount more drawing the money just running i just left my house and just went for a run at like one in the morning and i couldn't mm-hmm. run because i had no fitness and i just ran and I was like, never going to do this again. And I just didn't. I, re- I read online something really useful. It's like, there's like the rule of threes. So if you can get to three days, you can then get to three weeks. And then the hardest thing to do is get from three weeks to three months. And if you can get to three months, then you're, you're fine. And mm-hmm. I found that like, like, I can go sit in the casino now with my friends and like they're gambling. I'm just like, I'm not, this doesn't bother me. Like mm-hmm. the only thing I will do is like, if my friends around will have a game of poker, because like it's not, like my addiction was sports betting, right? And like my me and my friends can do like ten pound on poker each or something like that, because there's also like a skill based element. But for me, the the issue was stopping sports betting just for good, and I haven't done it for like, and also like the the quality of life like has just been ridiculous like since like how I've I became like more driven, more I've had more disposable income to do other stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's definitely been like so beneficial just to stop yeah i mean it sounds like you've got a good grasp on it and that you've managed to you've managed to do it by yourself as well which is even more impressive like usually you you have people have to reach out to people in different organizations for help and that kind of thing so really impressive and credit to you for being able to do that because it is one of those things that's very difficult to kick like any addiction but yeah gambling in particular like there is a you you can understand where the kick of it comes from that sort of thrill like you know is it going to win is it not going to win that kind of thing so fair play to you for managing to do that um, I did want to talk about your sort of um, approach to YouTube as well, because I think yeah. I heard something and I might, maybe I've got this wrong, maybe I've dreamt this up, I don't know, but I heard that you treat YouTube as more like a nine to five, like the way that you operate it. Is that true? Or have I made that up? Yeah, no, I do. I treat it as a nine to five. So like mm-hmm. Monday to Friday, I wake up at half seven, shower everything. And then by like quarter to nine, I'm working and I'll finish at five. But you, you can't. The issue is that me and I've never still sorted in terms of like personal life is that you still can't really switch off in an evening because like my videos all go out of five. So yeah. like, but it's still like the bulk of any work I need to do. I think because I don't have a manager. So like any emails and like brand deals I get, I respond to myself and like I know agencies are working nine to five as well. Mm-hmm. Like I see some creators, they wake up like one in the afternoon and they'll work until like midnight. I'm like, but then like for me, if I can get it nine to five done, I know my girlfriend will finish work at like half five. Like then we can just 
have the evening to like just not worry about it that is pretty impressive to, to do to be honest because like i know i i personally don't do this nine to five i just do it like it just feels like continuously forever and ever to be honest like, i don't really have that that many breaks or anything but it is pretty impressive because the thing with like being self-employed as you are like because there is a lot of freedom with it, but there's also yeah. that means there's not much structure to it. And sometimes you can, like you say, just end up waking up at like one in the afternoon. Not something I've ever done, but it is like a very much a YouTuber thing to do, like to just yeah. wake up whenever, go to bed whenever. And it just like completely can tear up your day. But like if you can get some structure in it, it can like really help things. And like you say, improve like your drive. And you also have free time as well. Like you can actually treat it like a normal job. Have you found that to be a healthy thing for you? Yeah, I have. There's also some days where I, I really struggle to let myself have time off, though, because I think like from an outside perspective, they think that I do two videos a week. Right. So like from an outside perspective, that's probably really easy. And like that should take me no time. But it does. And then like I've got presenting opportunities as well. I've had. And then there's I work weekends as well. So like say like some like my weekend mostly will become like a Tuesday. Like that's my day off, really. But even on that Tuesday, I sit there thinking like, why am I not doing anything? Like I really hate it. Like I hate not doing anything. So like I find myself just awful at giving myself just time to not like even when I mean my me and Jody went to Florida because we we'd had that book like four years ago. But like even then, like when I was there, I was like just constantly seeing like I've had any emails or whatever just to make sure that I was on top of everything as soon as it happens. But yeah, that, I, I understand there's also a thousand times harder jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, there is that fear when you're self-employed though that if you don't stay on on it stay on the ball with things then oh god could this like come to an end could it decline yeah. like, you've got to feel like you're still on the ball haven't you with it do you find like the video performance affects you in any way like seeing how the video performs in itself yeah so a one out of ten doesn't like so on youtube studio you've got the it tells you out of the last 10 how it's done if one goes one out of ten it doesn't bother me but it really bothers me if it goes 10 out of 10 and I don't like that's mental because like the one out of 10 should in, I should love the one out of 10 as much as I hate the 10 out of 10. But I don't mm -hmm. like as long as my videos like are just chugging along as good as the last one before it, then I'm fine. But like I imagine that it must be really stressful being like a massive creator. Right. And I know that sounds mental because obviously they'll have much more money than me. But if you put out a video that's done like two, three million views and the next one does half a million that's very noticeable. Whereas if I do one that does like 50,000 and the next one does like 38,000, I don't think many people really notice that like as much as like a half a million to 3 million difference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that a lot of YouTubers talk about being like a big thing that really affects them. And like, it sounds like you're sort of like almost numb to the sort of one out of 10 because like that's that's what I should be getting or that's what I want to yeah. be getting or that's like expected outcome. But then when you get, when anything you get lower than that, it can, can get to, it definitely did, for me, a little bit, probably not not so much now because I'm in the process of building a new channel. So it's not like a, a huge thing. I'm sort of expecting there to be ups and downs along the way. But like certainly with my last channel, like I, when you start just getting like eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, like as every video, it can really get to you if, if you're not careful. But it's just about yeah. sort of trying to distance how you view yourself to like the performance of a video, isn't it? Like not resting your sort of self-esteem on the performance of the video and, and trying to do that, but it's difficult. It's difficult. Also, the thing is like, I think Robbie Knox spoke about it, like a thumbnail and title change can save a video anyway. Like I get videos now that like in six months, they just suddenly start picking up for some reason. So mm. I try not to think about, like I do, I'll view it within like the same evening within a couple of hours. I never look within the first half an hour because like that's so relevant to what's going on. But like the next morning I'll check and see how it's doing then because it's had a few hours to be out there. But it could just be a case of, okay, the, I know the video is good. I just need to rework something, which I've actually got a video going out about an hour after we film this, mm -hmm. which I think at first is going to do quite badly. But then I can, but I know it's a good video. So we'll see. Yeah, it's good with those sorts of videos. Even if you do think, uh, probably might not, might not necessarily be something my audience is going to gravitate towards straight away. But as long as you know that you like it, there is a different feeling I always feel like when you go into that video. It's worse if you don't really like the video, but you also think your audience aren't going to like it as well. That's, that's a really bad place to be. But yeah. it is definitely, there is definitely a case where you can upload a video and it suddenly starts to do well, like in a couple of weeks or something like that. That, that can be quite good. Uh, that, that sort of feeling of eventually you sort of makes its way into the algorithm or whatever happens. Well, I think like the first football shirt video I ever put up, because my channel is called Away Days. So like mm. it's always been, it was literally just Away Days on there. So the first football shirt video I put up, the first day had done terribly. But then like, Win a week or two is one out of ten because like mm -hmm. it was something that the algorithm the algorithm preferred it more to the the away days I do. So like 
I wasn't disheartened with it because I knew it was a really cool concept. Like no one had done it. And I remember filming it at the time, like saying to Jody, we need to be quick doing this because in case someone else does it, as if someone else was planning to spend 10, boot, uh, 10 pound at a car boot sale on football shirts. <laughs> um, but I was like, I knew, I, that, that's the best thing as a YouTuber, I think, is when you have a video that you know is good. Mm-hmm. Like, but still the thumbnail, a title makes, the, the thumbnail is everything on YouTube and I hate it because it, but that's fine because that's all you have to catch the viewer's attention. But it's not like TikTok where you catch the viewer's attention with your, with what the first thing you say, mm. like, oh, I don't like TikTok as a platform because I'm, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. I still use it occasionally, but I don't, I don't like scroll through or anything. I just post. Yeah. I, yeah. The TikTok boxing thing stresses me out. Like, People idolize uh, whatever. Just I'm not no, no. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it if you want, because it's, it annoys me as well. Like I don't get it. I don't. It's, I find it so cringy. It is. It's a fifty-two-year-old man <laughs> boxing. Someone who is a misogynist. That's what he does. That's what he's. I don't even for. know who the other guy is. Who is he? he? Goes around asking girls that they want to hold his penis. Oh, we all do that. Yeah, we're not. We've public. all been known to do that, haven't <laughs> we? Before we've yeah. all done that. No, it's it's done in like a way of like he's that. I don't. Know. I hate that I know these people's existence. Like, I hate, there's no long-term strategy behind this. Oh. It's just like uh, people and I'm people and I hate this. But it's no, there's no long-term planning behind that. Find two it. people that are desperate to to you know get in the boxing arena to yeah. for for a few quid. Find two people that are desperate enough to do that and just just lump them in a stadium or something. Just lump they're, them they're, they're both making probably better money than a lot of YouTubers. Like they'll they'll be making a lot of money. Another from the fight, like. Yeah, they're, they're getting brand deals galore because brands are just throwing money at TikTok. So fair play to these guys for making this money. Like, I don't begrudge them for that. It's just, it's not Where's something it? that... <laughs> Where's my doesn't... money? Where's my money? Okay. It just doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. But it interests like the 14, 15-year-olds that watch it. So Yeah. It's the, it's the modern day Geordie Shaw. Uh, yeah, it is. It's exactly like that. It's sort of like drama. It's sort of, I don't, I never know it's, whether it's real or fake i mean i think it's probably a bit of both of us i think there's a mixture in there for sure but like it's one of them where i'm just like i can't be bothered with it maybe if i was 12 maybe yeah it's like even the youtube boxing didn't really appeal to me no no youtube football matches get me there all for it i like being involved in those events the nice it's not i don't really get out of the house very often i don't really speak to you know people in this industry very often maybe for yeah. a good reason a lot of the time but also some people are nice and so you know it's nice to have a chit chat here and there um how have you found making friends in this industry is it just me who finds it extremely difficult no i find it i find it really difficult i maybe have like i get on with smith really well i get on with alfie indra really well mm-hmm. edits on my videos i get on with um Jack mate through Alfie Indra well. We play five aside together sometimes. Um, pie faces. I, I get like people on the shirt shopping series and they're, they're all lovely, but I don't really have like a ongoing, I don't know, I'm doing that. That's um, fine, sign it. People, yeah, people might be deaf. Don't really have like an ongoing relationship with many of them. Mm-hmm. So I find it like sometimes you do YouTube events and it is very YouTube like people stand there in circles and stuff and like, but that's what I really liked about Clash of Creators. I didn't really get that vibe from it. It was quite no, nice. I didn't. Yeah, it felt like everyone was just like integrating with with everybody else. It was quite a nice uh, environment because I was a little bit sort of like, oh god, is it just going to be loads of people who just know each other? And I don't know anybody really. I'm like friendly with Jack. Like I've probably spoken to Max a few times at that point, Max Fosh. So I was like, there's those guys. But aside from that, I didn't really know anybody to be honest. Yeah, but I, I was. It was a really good event. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I was glad it wasn't wasn't like that. Um, but I think I think for me the, the reason why I probably don't have that I don't really have any like, proper YouTube friends is mainly because I think to actually have that you need sort of to be working with people regularly or to be like in the same sort of location I live in the middle of nowhere and so it's quite difficult to sort of like keep those those things going as well and I don't talk to a lot of people in general like messaging stuff so I'm more sort of like uh, probably as you, you you were sort of um sort of talk about there like I'm more sort of friendly with people I guess yeah like you're just sort of friendly as and where like you see each other at events or you know whatever that kind of thing yeah it's what yeah and I, th- I think location's a big one like you said because I've, I've been asked to do things before like everything's London like and I, yeah. I live in Norwich um we don't have public transport here mm-hmm. we've just no. got wi-fi yeah we know? have li- we got guys dial up at the moment <laughs> uh tiskily. um but also I think I know people will say it isn't true, but a lot of the time, if there's no, if you, if you haven't got a pound of flesh for someone to take from you, they, they're not really that interested. Like, it's no coincidence. Like, when the first few shirt shopping episodes I did, I couldn't get anyone. 
now I can. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like if you have something to give, then you're more likely to be involved. There is definitely that that feeling, isn't there? I know. I mean, it's like like with this podcast, it's obviously going to be difficult to get people on because it's a small podcast. And from their perspective, I can understand it. Like, who wants to speak to a weird looking ginger bloke? Probably not that many people. Probably not that many. <laughs> let's face it. So I appreciate you coming on. You and Robbie Knox have have done me a solid there, as they say, as the kids say. I think Robbie Knox is an, an exception to the YouTube rule because he just uploads anything. And mm-hmm. I love that about him. Like he, I've said it to him before, like he, he obviously plays the YouTube game sometimes, but like him and his son uploaded a video where they rank vegetables. Like I love that. Like, <laughs> he just does not give a fuck. Which yeah. Is and he's really good with his time as well. Like he's, he's really good, like coming on podcasts and that kind of thing. Like, he's always down for that. He's, he's great, Robbie Knox. Yeah. One, yeah, of, the best, one of the best. Yeah, I agree. For me. Um, so I, I also wanted to talk about how you got into the kit industry. When did you start collecting? Why did you start collecting as well? Because it sounds like a decision that you made to be like, oh, let's let's upload a shirt video. Yeah, so I think I've got an addictive personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't, I just love, I think they're really fashionable. Like, I think they look great. Like, I think mm-hmm. if I ever see someone in public wearing a football shirt, I genuinely think that looks much better than like a Gucci t-shirt. Yeah. Like, I think it looks sick. I just decided that, that was what I was going to do. And then it, obviously it, it was never going to be, if I didn't have a YouTube channel, I'd maybe have like 10, 20. Mm-hmm. Because my content now relies on me getting football shirts. Like those of you who don't know the murky areas of our tax works, um, like I buy shirts as like a prop for the video. And then like, I, so that I buy more shirts and the collection gets bigger. Then obviously full disclosure, if I need to sell the shirts, I then obviously have to disclose that to the tax man. Well, well. do you? Do you have to? <laughs> PayPal friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> Would no, they notice one or two? Yeah, Come on. No, I do actually. I, I begrudgingly am very, very on it with tax. I, I don't know why, because I know YouTubers that maybe aren't. Like that came back to bite me recently. Did that? Did it? Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't realize that when you start to earn over a thousand pounds a year, you have to tell them. And I was like, I didn't know this. So that's been. That was probably the case since about like 2017. So I had to go back like pretty recently. Like quite a few years and submit like all all the paperwork got fined but this is the thing i didn't have any tax to pay there was no tax to, I, I don't earn enough to pay tax so it was purely just i hadn't declared it what was the fine can i ask well it's 100 quid for each year so it's three years 300 quid so when you don't earn a lot that's a lot of money well, I am appealing money, it. Yeah. So if you are watching HMRC, tax man or woman, please give me it back. Okay, please. I can't believe you've been honest. I would have just started saying I started earning, not me, not me. I don't know why I've said I. <laughs> um, I know people that have just started saying they didn't make any profit. So you didn't, because you'd have had expenses there that year. So you wouldn't have, yeah. been, you, could have you could have argued it didn't go over a thousand. Yeah, I think it was purely based on revenue, though. If you bring in a thousand or something like that, I can't, I can't remember. But I, I didn't, I wasn't spending much money back then either because it was just FIFA videos back then. So wasn't really any expenses. Bit me on the ass with that, unfortunately. Yeah. But we're, we're recovering, we're recovering. Uh, I want, want a way to talk about you being bit on the ass, not literally, um, was when you got scammed recently with one of your yeah. kids. Do you, are you okay talking about this? Is this a touchy subject? Yeah, no, we can, we can go. I've actually got the shirt in here. There it is. There's actually a new revelation about this. For those who don't know, I was scammed on mm-hmm. a Messi shirt. But it is player-issued. Like, it was made by the Barca kit man for Messi to wear. He just never wore it. Right. So, like, it's maybe worth about six, seven hundred quid. Mm. That's not what I paid for it. No, it's definitely not. So, it is, it is a Barcelona match-prepared shirt for Lionel Messi for a game in the league. Mm-hmm. But I was sold it as match-worn. It might have been Girona. touched. It might be. It might be match touched. Maybe in the changing rooms or something. <laughs> I don't know. But player issue messy shirts are like six hundred to eight hundred quid. Match worn messy shirts are about eight thousand pounds. God, it'd be awkward if you paid that, wouldn't it? It, it um, would. It would be a little bit. But basically, there's a Uruguayan man who scammed me, and it didn't. I don't think he expected me to do the research that I did. And I wonder how many people have not done the research. You know what I mean? Mm. Like in the match worn space. Like it must be quite a few. It's a really naff one, and it wasn't nice to find out. But I actually found out two days before the Leeds last game of the season. So right, could you wow. imagine? And my car broke down that day as well, which cost me two thousand oh. pounds. Uh, so imagine I got scammed out of that. Then my car breaks down, and then Leeds go down. That would have been maybe <laughs> the worst week 
feasible. Like <laughs> that'd be terrible. But for people that don't know, like you say, you did get scammed. You were you were trying to buy a match warm messy shirt. Yeah, um, you bought it off this bloke from Uruguay, or do you say? And yeah. you paid a lot of money for it. Turned out it wasn't actually the shirt. And you also gave a shirt as well, didn't you, or something? Was that part of it? Yes, yeah, so the deal was X amount of money plus a match worn Sergio Aguero shirt. But the, to be for anyone who doesn't know the context of this, like he's he was very well respected in the match worn space. Like he's done deals for like hundreds of thousands of dollars for like Maradona items before. Like he he is like known as being like someone who can source good stuff. And it had a letter of authenticity from Christian Stuani's family. But we're now beginning to realize that we don't think Christian Stuani's family had any idea of this happening. And we're, we're now beginning to wonder whether he forged that document as well. Um, so it's a double fraud case here. I'm trying to get my money back. But to be honest, if he goes to prison, I would take not get my money back so he goes behind. Or if he never is able to sell anything again, I'd take that. You want him behind bars? Do we get an exclusive there? You get want him, him behind locked up? Dom Littlewood, get him locked up. <laughs> He's a cowboy dealer, is what he is. Yeah, he is. Are you been selling dodgy gear? <laughs> so we want him locked up. I mean, I, I can feel a Netflix documentary coming on, to be honest. Netflix, if you're watching. Yeah, imagine how great this would be, like me going on the underbelly of counterfeit items. I, mm-hmm. I'd love that. Let's I'd fly out to Uruguay. Yeah, but well, he mm-hmm. actually lives in Miami. Well, from yeah, Uruguay. Yeah, we can you can get you over there. Maybe sort of like smuggle some drugs from I mean you can pop to Uruguay, smuggle some drugs to Miami. I think they do that route, don't they? Do they? Is that a good route? Probably. Uruguay. Sounds, like it. Sounds yeah. like it. I'd do it. Would let's you? have you as a drugs mule. Let's let's do that part-time. Come on. Yeah. From from away days to um oh, I can't think of a good pun <laughs> Try and think of one first before you do that. <laughs> think of it first. Um, but you are hopeful of trying to get your money back, do you think? Or like what's what's the process now? The only hope I have is that I can get, I paid 60% of it through Revolut, who happened to be sponsoring that video. So my wonder is, I've reached out and said, look, you've got proof now that this was fraudulent, like very publicly. Can you do a charge? Because it's not credit, it's debit. So it's very hard to get your money back there. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping Revolut are my route to safety there. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. You've got, you got to keep people informed. Is this going to be an ongoing series or are you just sort of leaving it there and doing it behind the scenes? I think I'll do it behind the scenes now because the people were already saying I was... People were, like, accusing me of being scammed so I could make the videos. I'm like, I don't know if you know how the finances of a YouTube channel that averages 50,000 views work. But that does not work out right. Like, I would um, not ever do that. <laughs> that would be a very interesting way of doing it. But, yeah, that's that's not going to be sort of money well spent, is it? I mean, that's... No, no, no. not at all. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Uh, I don't even want. Why would people even think that? It makes no sense. It makes literally no. no sense whatsoever. Oh, there's so many. It's really weird. Like I think of any collecting sphere, like there's weirdos. Like mm. the like the shirt space. Like a lot of people are very, very weird opinions of me. And like that. This I think because it's quite a um an old hobby. Like people have done it for decades. Days, decades. Right word. So like someone like me coming into it and making videos on it and being able to make money from it. I think. Is rightly weird for some people, so I think they're a bit sceptical of me still. Mm-hmm. How do people respond to you at football matches filming? I was curious to know about that. Yeah, so I, I've never... I, it's weirdly people on Twitter that pretend there's, like... Because, like, the way I do it is I genuinely think that people around us don't know I'm doing it because, like, I'm very... My camera is tiny. I haven't got it with me. It's in my car. But, like, it's basically smaller than I on my iPhone, right? So, like, and I hold it in a way that's not... And I look over it as well. And people on Twitter say as if, like... And I, I see people that don't that do this. Like, they, like, look into their camera while the game's going on. I'm like, well, that's... Like, whereas I'm very clearly, like, looking over the camera at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, I've only ever had one person ask me to move. But you sometimes get people who play up for the camera. But the Euros final was a great example. The guy behind us like, kept getting in the shot. Like he was not sat as close to us as he was. But then whenever he'd be in the shot, he'd pretend to be annoyed he was in the shot. Like right. he'd move into the shot for it. And like he would actually like, he was pulling faces at the camera a lot of the time. I had to clip them out. And then like, I was like, what are you doing? Um, Just people I, like I also, looking for problems kind of thing. Yeah. But it doesn't, doesn't sound like it happens very often though. No, never. Um, but if, if someone's asked me to move once and I did I was like if someone asked me to move yeah I'm not there to ruin anyone's experience of football like if I'm actually annoying people I will genuinely move because I mm-hmm. it is alien like I forget where I was the other day where I was like this is weird to me and I was like well actually is that does that make me a hypocrite might have been someone was recording themselves at the gym and I was like that's weird 
I said, well, actually, Ellis, you go to football stadiums and record yourself. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't have a leg to stand on. But it is weird how people have, do have that opinion of like people going to matches and filming and being like, oh, I'm not proper football fans. There's, there's always like these sort of little rules and things when you go to football matches. It's part, part of one of the reasons why it sort of put me off going. I'm a massive football fan, but I don't really go that often for lots yeah. of different reasons. I live a mile away, miles away anyway. But like there are these sort of rules of like some people say you can't wear the, the kit at the match yeah. or like the, the, the top. I'm like, hang on a second, what? what? Well, yeah, when else like, am I going to wear it if not the game? Yeah, apparently you're not like a proper fan in some people's eyes. You wear club colours. <laughs> like, so what, what do you mean? that this is You're cheering to support the club wearing them colours. Like, what do you want? What are you on about? Stone like, Island just, or nothing. Stone Island. I, the CP company ones with the goggles on. You've seen them <laughs> ones? That, I, I've, I, like, I like some of the Stone Island items, but like <laughs> see, that, them ones with the goggles on, I don't get. I wonder if anyone uses those goggles. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe they go Well, you can't even diving. see through them, can you? I don't think. They're like actually on the hood, are they? No, maybe they go diving. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, get, get in contact if, if you know why people use them. Um, I wanted to ask you more about like what your sort of long-term like goal is or plan is. Because obviously some people are like completely set on, I want to do YouTube full-time and that that's I want that to be my thing long-term. Are you wanting to try and move more away from that into like more mainstream stuff? And if so, like, is it presenting? Is it commentating or like what? Yeah, so presenting is the is the goal. I think a big, a big stumbling block for me is my face. And that's not me trying to be like, ha, ah, but like it is like I don't, I don't look mature enough as the issue. And I think football fans want to look at a mature face. The dream for me is to work for England in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've had the, like, I, I always say like the, the privilege of working with the FA Cup this season has been incredible. Like I had the opportunity to do that and like got to be pitch side at Wembley for like the FA Cup final. Um, and like, that's something that like, Money, money aside, amazing opportunity, and like I love to do that again. Yeah, to, I'm also very aware that like in two years' time, like YouTube runs on cycles. Like in two years' time, like my channel could be dead, and like if you haven't, if I haven't pivoted to something else by then, then, then there's always a risk. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think presenting is the long term aim. If as long as my face begins to mature, <laughs> maybe we could get you a beard or some like a stick on beard. Or if you can't grow yeah. one, I don't know. Like we, we've got to figure out something. Well, what, what is it? People maybe a lot of yakult. Mm, yeah, I'll do it. Was that for bones? What does Yakult do? I think that is for bones, but maybe oh, no, it grows that, beards. That, I don't that know. Petit Falou. Petit Falou, what's that? That sounds French. That, yeah, it's like makes bones go strong. Bones go strong. Do you not remember the Petit Falou adverts? I don't know. This must have been before my time. I'm so young. How, how old are you? 23. You were not. Petit Falou was not before your time. What's, what is Petit? Is that a food? Is that so a food? It's a yogurt. Petit Falou. It would go, it would go, makes, makes bones go, grow stronger. I thought that was Yakult, wasn't it? Now, Yakult's for your gut. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I've been drinking it for my bones all this time as well. <laughs> I've got a really strong gut and I could never work out why. Gutted. Gutted. Oh, I can't remember that. Um, one thing I did want to ask about is what is your favourite thing that you've managed to do through YouTube? Because you, think... get, you get to do a lot of good things, like a lot of enjoyable things. The other week we played Ellen Road, didn't we? That was We good. did play Ellen Road. That was amazing. That was I've still really no cool. idea really why or what it was all about, but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think the FA Cup thing has been mm-hmm. the best thing so far. That was amazing. Just to have the opportunity to be recognised by the FA and have the opportunity to do this for them was amazing. Like I got to interview Mason Mount, Alisson. Alisson, by the way, Liverpool's goalkeeper. A very attractive man. Mm. Smells amazing as well. Fair play to the man. What, yeah. what do you reckon he was wearing? Something that was great if after 90 minutes of football, he's coming out smelling that good still. Really? After the game? After the game, yeah. <sighs> Smelt sublime. I got to work the Women's FA Cup final as well. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was a great game. Uh, went to extra time. Five goal thriller was really good. Did they put you like pitch side or did they put you in the stands? Because I know they have sometimes put people in like the journalist sort of outfit gear thing. Mm. Did they put you on like by the pitch or were you in the stand? Like what was the situation? So by the pitch before mm-hmm. the game. And then as soon as it kicks off, you then go up to the stands and then ah, just okay. watch it as like I would like a normal away day. Mm-hmm. It is, it is good those experiences that you get like through this I mean like I say I'm, I'm a nobody I've got no like I've got very small following and everything but even I've had like good experiences through like YouTube like with Clash of Creators and like playing at Ellen Road the, the other week like there, there are so many like good things uh, about YouTube obviously we've spoken about some of the bad things some of the things that are a little bit difficult and difficult to manage but there are so many good things as well good opportunities and experiences to get I mean it's just incredible really like some of the opportunities that can come up yeah it is it is mental and I, I also get why it then makes other people from the outside maybe a bit envious or maybe 
negative towards YouTubers because some of the opportunities, um, not to tar anyone with the brush, but you do sometimes see people get opportunities that you're not so sure they're that grateful for. Mm. Um, whereas like, to be very clear, like if anything I say yes to, I'm, I'm very happy to be there. Even at the Ellen Road from the other day, like me and you weren't paid to be there. I'm just got mm. to play on Ellen Road. Like how mental is that? I know, just crazy, crazy experience. Yeah, unbelievable. We both scored at Ellen Road. Yeah, nothing better than that, is there? No, honestly, don't think that there's anything that you could... If you'd have said to me when I was eight, you'd score at Ellen Road one day, I don't think I'd have cared about the context. Yeah, it was, it was really a really good experience. I think I, what I liked about it was the fact that there's like no restrictions or anything. We could just go like do whatever we wanted kind of yeah. thing. I could have just gone and you know, ran around the stadium, whatever, done whatever I wanted. I like the fact it wasn't sort of, didn't feel like a tour guide. It was just sort of like, oh, we're here for as long as you want to be here kind of thing. It was actually like going down to a local park and yeah. playing. Be like, we've got this time. Just go, go, go and have a kick about is what it was. Yeah, so good, good fun. It's good fun. I like doing stuff like that. Um, I wanted to to know, obviously we spoke about when when you started with the football tops. Um, we've spoken about like how you transitioned into doing that sort of content. Was that about trying to bridge the sort of, obviously when, when you have pre-season, you can't go to matches. Well, you can, I guess you can go to pre-season matches, but was that about putting out content during the sort of off-season, as they call it in America? Yeah, and it was also because I only could ever make one video a week i never had the budget or the location reasons to and also not a massive interest in the champions league so like, mm-hmm. i never really cared about midweek games so it was always just you had one video a week if for whatever reason and i worked full-time as well so sometimes i couldn't even do that mm-hmm. so it was about having a second content strand that people would like and then i could do that midweek as well but definitely during the off season as well because you'll see it over you already see it with some twitter accounts already football content is bare those yeah. next few months it's transfers and that's it you will see some outrageously weird videos coming out over the next few months i imagine whereas for me it's just like i just doing more shirt videos because it's what you can do like it's mm-hmm. not it's not that different to what i usually do and then there comes a time when people start doing the prediction videos as well like oh but where's everyone gonna finish do you do those videos or do you tend to not? no 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 and they're really easy of use so i maybe should but there's the <laughs> prediction videos and there's the reacting to my predictions yeah so it's like fair play to the people who watch them but i just don't care like i don't yeah. care about anyone else's predictions do it in your own uh, time if anything yeah exactly the only my version of that is i get to rank kits when they come out right yeah it's a bit bad for content it's not great content but like why do people care about people's premier league predictions i don't get Even it to yourself all right it's calling you out it's calling you out here you want to throw any names out there no, because everyone does it. I think I'm not the only one who does it. I think I've I make... done it when I, when I made FIFA videos. I don't even make football videos. I'm pretty sure I did Yeah, it. exactly. It's easy views and fair play to anyone who does it, but it just feels like... It... And also, I'm not really... I'm only focused on the Premier League because Leeds are there. Like My focus would be mm-hmm. more so on the Championship if we were there. So it's mm-hmm. like not really something that interests me. I think it's interesting that um, I think people seem to collect different things nowadays. Like obviously, football shirts have become a big thing that people collect. Like you see people collecting Pokemon cards, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've personally never like, I don't think I've ever properly collected things, except when I was a kid, I used to collect, this is really weird. I used to collect um, colored strips of paper when I was a kid. Sorry. Why? Strips of paper. I don't know. I think I was I was quite a creative guy, as you can imagine. Very creative guy. Always creating stuff. Um, so I don't know. I think I just thought of, oh, I'm probably going to create something of these one day. One day I'm going to use these paper strips. They're all different colours, different patterns. And I was, had them in like a, like a bump sort of, of different sort of strips and things. I just used to collect them. They just look nice. It's a bit like kits, except it's paper. Did you like... ever do anything with them? No, never did anything with them. They were just Where nice are they to now? Probably in the bin, in landfill or something like no, that. No, that's a yeah, shame. Probably. One of the best paper strip collections in the world just gone I, to waste. I tell you, it was. I was. I used to get some great paper strips. I honestly, I'd, oh, it's lovely, lovely sort of paper strips I used to collect. Still not really sure why I did it. I think they just looked nice. But the point I was going to make is, I can see why why you collect kits because like there is an appeal to them. They do look that some of the designs that they've got like that kind of thing. They're very sort of fashionable, particularly nowadays. Although the retro shirt thing is is really cool as well. But is that the main reason? Like, is it the sort of designs and that kind of thing that you get into? Yeah, it's designs, and it's also I just think they look cool, and like it's also I love the fact that like it's always going to be the biggest sport in the world, right? So it's mm-hmm. always going to be like in twenty years' time, like some of these shirts are going to be considered like classics, and then I'll, I've got them now. And it'd be mm-hmm. cool to look back and be like, oh, I remember when that shirt was, no one liked it. Or it's interesting because most of the shirts that nowadays are considered classics, no one really cared about them when they first came out. 
Yeah, they sort of become, re- when, when they become retro, they sort of begin to pick like, a bit of a following sometimes as well, don't they? Get the indie following. Yeah, that's it. I, I actually created my own football shirts uh, back in like 2017, 2018 when I made a few videos. Did you? Yeah. Have you ever seen people make their own football shirts in like the football space kind of thing? I have, yeah, but I've, I've never seen like creators do it really. I mean, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I did it. I can't remember who else. I think I saw somebody do it. Can't remember who it was. I think it was a guy. Is it Jared HD or something? Was it him that did it? I think he makes FIFA videos. Um, but yeah, I made my own FIFA, my own football kits and sold them back in the day. And I was wondering if you could rate them, if I could just get them out of the wardrobe. Yeah, and just give them like, a rating. Yeah, sure thing. How did the sales do? Loads, mate. Loads. I got nice. maybe like <clears throat> 20, 25, something like that, which to be fair, it's a good amount. Yeah. Small channel. Small channel. They were really like 25 amount. quid or something back in a sec. I rate it. One is the loneliest number that there are. I don't know the words. Basically, I'm on my own waiting for Ed to return. Ed's paying me £6,000 to be here. Go Hello. easy on me. Go easy on okay. me because I, I made these Adele. when I was about 18. So I was young. I was young back then. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this is the, I think this was the Hope, the Away kit. I think this one. Can you see it? Very Camouflage. nice. Camouflage there. What does the GF mean? Or is that... Uh, that was Game Face. That was what, what my channel used oh, to call. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. nice, wasn't it? Game Face 23. Very yeah. nice. Camo there. Lovely bit of camo. Yeah, bit of so camo on the sleeves. Blend in. Yeah. So that's, that's the Away kit. I think. And this was the home kit. There you go. Yeah, the I colors like, are a like, vibrant on this. Yeah, the different color on the sleeves are like, yeah, I think I'm that. further home. Do you? Yeah. Out of 10, what, what are we given the... What's 10, Dean? Like, what is 10? 10 am I, is... Am I judging it from YouTuber merch or like kit? Kits. I want it. Kits. Slag them off. If you think they're rubbish, slag them off. That's fine. I, I'd I'm give not the cry. home a six. Mm-hmm. And That's the away a four. Four. Oh, four. God. I have to work on design. I'll race some more one day. Who, Do you like the them? camo? I'm not too keen on camo. Oh god, that's me screwed. Then is it? It was big back in the day. Yeah, and people know I people more fashionable than me like camo. So it's just more a personal preference thing. I am fashionable. Who, who are Tribefire? Uh, Tribefire. I think they've now gone bankrupt. I think it was partly because of me. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> But they they originally did these these tops, but they printed them out in a different material without telling me, and it looked different than the picture. So I was like, "Right, I want all those redone," and they did. They did them all for free, and I think they've since gone bankrupt. So I think they basically work with creators to make football kits, basically. Well, they've they've gone bankrupt because they 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 hedged their bets. They made thousands of your shirt, and just (laughs) (laughs) and when the first sales came through, they're like. Guys, (laughs) Guys, <laughs> I mean, they're bound to go bankrupt if they're working with me. Like, what were they thinking? Like, come <laughs> on, like me of all people. But I yeah. genuinely think that's really impressive. You sold 25 of them, by the way. Thank like you. being sarcastic, you've smashed that. Mostly to friends, but we'll leave that bit out. We'll <laughs> leave that bit out. Um, but yeah, do you know the, the great thing about those kits is I, I think I kept the store for like two or three months and then they close it down. Like, that's sort of how they do it. And they just sort of run it for a limited period. And then I think like four or five months later, I decided to go on my sort of dashboard just randomly to check. And I saw there'd be an extra order and I contacted the company and they're like, oh yeah, a kid put your kit on his Christmas list. And his mum got in contact and paid, I think she paid like 50 quid or something for a specific made kit. And I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. That's so cool. Like to hear that a kid had put it on his Christmas list, I'm like, fair play, I'll take that. Did you ever hear of the, did you ever find out who the kid was? No, never found out. If you are the kids, get in contact. Get in contact. That's really cool. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was like, well, I'll take that. Even yeah, yeah. Though, you know, I only sold 25, but does it matter? Does it? it doesn't matter. If you've made someone's Christmas, that's all that matters. Exactly. I but think actually I not. That doesn't really pay the bills. <laughs> but his, his day was made. Exactly. That's the most important thing. That's why I do it. Yeah. That's why I do it, you see. Give him back. To the kids. Yeah, give it back. Also made a few. Well, I didn't actually make a few quid because I discounted them. So didn't even make a few quid. Lost money, if anything. Did you? Yeah. So tax all over again. It is. <laughs> it is exactly like that. That's my issue with YouTube. Put a lot of money and don't get a lot back. That's, that's a yeah. Shame. It's a, a lot of giving, not a lot of taking. Yeah. One day. One day. Um. One thing I wanted to to end on is I want to know, like, who do you want to collab with the most? It could be like a footballer, maybe you want to do a video with a footballer or a YouTuber or whatever. Is there a particular person that you really want to get on your channel? I'd love to get Liam Gallagher on shirt shopping. I'm a big Oasis fan. Um, Or Noel. I just think me and Liam would hit it off more. Mm. Um, And maybe not. 
I don't know. I think Liam's got more in common with me nowadays than like a Noel. And neither of them have anything in common with me. I think Noel maybe would see himself a bit above doing it. Really? Whereas Liam would be a bit more up for it, do you think? He, yeah, I think he's a big fan of football shirt shopping with pie face. It's mm. probably his favourite video, yeah. I imagine so. I imagine yeah. so. Yeah, so I think that'd be good, that. Liam Gallagher, that'd be good. Would you ever consider getting any footballers on there? I'd love to. I've, mm-hmm. I've asked a few. A couple said yes, then they did the same generic thing. Okay, what date should we do? And it was a... Uh... Yeah. I don't know why people do it. I, I've never done it. I've, if I agree to do something, I do it. Surely there's nothing worse than having to go to someone all... Actually, I can't do that. I'll reschedule it for some point in the future than just ignoring them. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how much it happens as well. Maybe it's just me with me being a small YouTuber, perhaps, but like, it does feel like it happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? But which footballers would you like to get on then, do you reckon? Love Calvin Phillips to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Bamford, although I've, I've definitely made... I think I made a comment in a video about Patrick Bamford saying like I would let him sleep with me as a joke. Um, <laughs> like he's never... Fair play, he's never going to want anything to do with me. He's never followed it up. <laughs> he's never been like, well, let's go for it. I mean, I think That's he is that. engaged now, isn't he? Yeah, true. Um, Messi, I think there'd be a bit of a language barrier, but I could literally rip the shirt off his wearing so then I could prove he wore it. <laughs> um, it's got to be like some characters. Like Grealish has got a character about him. I'd love him mm-hmm. there. Rice, big bit of something about him. Mount's got something about him. Definitely. I think that'd be good. I, I look forward to seeing one of those football videos. I reckon I reckon you could. I reckon you could get someone on there, surely. It's all about that pull some string. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is, isn't it? It is. It's that first person you get on and then like it then becomes, oh, you've had so-and-so on. Oh, I'll come on then. I'll come on if you Yeah, exactly. That's, that's basically you... YouTube in a nutshell, is that? Literally that. Yeah. You get the one domino that's got a link to someone else. And with footballers, I always say to the guest, who do you want to see come on next? And then they go, oh, I'd love to get Aaron Ramsey on. And then you go, Aaron, you've got to come on because he said to so come on. Peer pressure. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Love it. That's, it's a great little tactic, is that? It's a great little tactic. And with that, I'll do the same with you. Yeah. Who, should, who do you want to nominate to come on the podcast? I reckon because of the fact Alfie Indra was supposed to play at Ellen Road and you played instead of Alfie, mm-hmm. I think, and they thought you were Alfie, I think Alfie Indra should come on. <laughs> that's a good shout that's a good shout because you're right they did they kept calling me Alfie didn't they they did yeah. <laughs> which was you know it was fun it was fun you Alfie you similar yeah, we are very similar we're very similar easy people mistake, easy mistake to make easy mm-hmm. I, I some, when you first answered the call today I was like Alfie. It's looking a bit like Alfie today. Yeah, it's not very Alfie-like, yeah. Uh, but thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Um, everyone, obviously, if you haven't checked out Alyssa's channel before for some reason, uh, do go check it. Uh, the link will be in the description below on YouTube. Uh, but it is obviously away days, isn't it, on YouTube? Anything else you want to promo? No, nothing to promo, really. Just um, no. thank you very much for having me on. I've enjoyed it. And best nice. of luck with the podcast. It should should do better. Thank you. I mean, hopefully one day, one day. Thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, If you do want to hit the like button, go ahead, do it. If you want to subscribe, do it. And we'll see you next time. Cheers.